Wotus is back in the news. We're going to talk about those delicious Arkansas tomatoes and so much more on today's episode of the Arkansas AgCast. You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Jason Brown and John Nickman. Happy Thursday. We're, We're back. back. We're back. It's been a while. I said we took four weeks off. You corrected me and said we took one week off. <laughs> that, not that long. It may have felt that way. It did. Uh, How was your trip to Georgia? You know, it was pretty good. I, I've never been to Savannah. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't know that I've been to uh, Georgia outside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Did some but, good places? Man, it's a pretty... That's a cool town. Brian, Brian went along. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was beautiful. Did you um, see where the bench was supposed to be for Forrest Gump? I did. Yeah. That we did. I did. I was a little disappointed it wasn't there when I first saw it. <laughs> I kept looking for the feather. Couldn't find it. Yeah. Disappointed. It was much debate on which steeple the feather came down past. Oh, wow, okay. yeah. been to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, we went on a ghost tour. Really? How was that? Yeah. It was pretty fun. Uh, did you get scared? You know, I got a little spooked yeah. one, one time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> ever done these. Uh, uh, one of these ghost tours, New Orleans has them. Yeah, you won't find Savannah. Me really? Mm. Oh, come on. No. Well, I just what I was going to say. They're really history tours. Yeah, with a little bit of fun mixed mm-hmm. in. You know, yeah. I'm mean, not fun like somebody jumping out of a bush at you or something like that. But like, you know, some some lore, some legend along the way. I guess I would do a ghost tour before I like did a haunted house. Oh, you know, haunted um, house. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. No way, Jose, yeah. am I in a haunted house. But ghost tours, I've done a couple in New Orleans. Yeah. Obviously, we did this one. It was a it was a trolley tour. Yeah. So it allowed us to cover sort of more ground. But man, the history down there, we were walking to dinner one night and the streets, cobblestone. And somebody mentioned like early 1700s. Yeah. That street was was laid. Everything's real old out there. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. And um, Brian made the joke. I can't imagine. We were, you know, wearing tennis shoes. He's like, I can't imagine walking on in hard sole shoes like they used to oh, wear yeah. back yeah. then across these streets. Like, I'd be wobbling everywhere. Yeah. I, I like to fell down a couple of times in tennis yeah. shoes. I couldn't imagine. All the stairwells are noted like these are, I forget what the wording they use. Like, old, not old, but like not antique but anyway they basically say historic i think yeah it is a yeah. historic staircase yeah or whatever you know because that that town is on different levels because of the yeah. river you know and man uh i mean i'll give it to them they built the staircase back in the day yeah they didn't have a ruler on them yeah <laughs> I mean, this is a they were steep <laughs> this looks good. very steep. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i think yeah. we're uh, let me eyeball it people yeah. were eight feet tall back then is what it looked like to me yeah yeah you take an opportunity of all the good food down there the pink house did you get some fried chicken at the pink house you know what we didn't get to the pink house we did have some good food yeah i think um some of us managed to have scallops every meal mm. um 
And uh, him? I did have scallops. He did. They yeah. were fantastic. You know, he yeah. he was on vacation not too long ago. Bragged about how many scallops he ate too. You got a thing for hey, scallops, man? Hey, I scallop. Do. <laughs> I do. And I've been to. Eat, I've eaten dinner with him more than a couple of times. And watched and him eat scallops. Scallops. I am. Uh, I'm thinking about him right now. Bad day to be a scallop. <laughs> you guys are making me hungry. Yeah, no doubt. But we did. You know what? We did have some seafood. That's a, just a beautiful town. It man. is. I mean, people are kind. They've got the little squares, you know, mm-hmm. parklets, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call those. That you can just walk down through, and everything's got a marker. Our yeah. hotel, yeah, had a historic marker out in front of it that noted it was uh, the the site of barracks for uh, Revolutionary cool. War. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, yeah. And then Deep we eventually uh, built this hotel in 1886. Yeah. It's like, you know, like it's nothing. Yeah. Like this is just one building on <laughs> on this street. Still you know? here. But the trees are art. They I are. The trees are Entirely art. Entirely. It's beautiful, know? man. So, yeah, we had a good trip. Good. Matthew still for you. swears that our hotel was haunted, by the way. Oh, really? I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Yeah, he kept he said that his front door kept opening and he kept hearing it sounded hearing like doors were opening yeah like in the room yeah and he'd get up and there's nothing there yeah well i don't I mean, know if you're just trying to spook us out or if it was actually happening most but, of the racket yeah. i heard was just i think the air conditioner had seen better days yeah <laughs> and it rattled quite yeah, a bit. yeah. <laughs> but you know either who or. knows Maybe it was a ghost. I kept hearing people talk outside my window, and I kept looking out, and I couldn't see anybody, so I don't know what oh, it was. Maybe so. so. Just floating around there. Like four in the morning, just going on and on and on. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, if you took any pictures, go back and look for, like, orbs or... Well, Matthew you know. did. So, on our ghost tour, we actually got to go in mm. an old or a residence yeah it was yeah. a museum now mm-hmm. uh the home of andrew Lowe, i believe yeah and he took several photos and i i don't know that he's gone back and investigated those yet but okay. uh, we'll look into it we're back i'd be interested yeah we will Absolutely. Uh, creepiest dolls i've ever seen by the way i was um, gonna leave that part out but now that you've <laughs> yeah. brought it to the room um, we don't have to talk about it well, yeah one of the rooms there was a was a children's room and they had it still made up with dolls and everything too many dolls oh uncomfortable amount of dolls I, I would uncomfortable say over amount. the top over yeah. the top amount like, like everywhere you like look they, dolls like when the kid lived there there weren't that many dolls in there right they had added right. some mm. right yeah and all of them looking towards the door. All of them looking towards the door. All of them looking towards the door. You walk around the corner and look in that room, you're like, oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah. They were expecting you. And one of them's on a tricycle. Uh, you know, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'd close that door immediately. <laughs> They couldn't let. They wouldn't let you touch anything in that. Were you trying to touch the dolls? No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> Steve leaned up against the doorway, and they're like, "Sir, you, come on, keep yeah. moving." Like, it, it didn't help that the tour guides were both dressed alike, like goth style. Oh yeah, and very. I turned spooky. the corner once, and there was a girl. She was just standing there like this. I know. I was like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> character man. Yeah, I was, I, I was all peeking in this room. I turn around. She's like, like a mortician. I'm like, oh, she was. She's like right beside you, like. You can't be sneaking up on me like that. No, hey, give me a little space. <laughs> <laughs> on to brighter things. Memorial Day weekend last weekend. Yeah. Did y'all do anything fun? Man, we, we did a lot of traveling, just back and forth between the in-laws and yeah. stuff like that. And then we was it were you doing the crawfish boil? No, Didn't that was that Mother's Day weekend. Oh, Mother's ah. Day. Yeah. Okay. Uh right. but we came back home I think Sunday. 
Saturday mm-hmm. we did a day on the on the river down there on the Mississippi River, yeah. and then came home Sunday and uh, went over to a friend's house, ate burgers, and then Sunday we had people over and we ate burgers again. Yeah, or I burned burgers. Oh yeah. no, mm-hmm. that's not. It good. was a good job if you into burnt burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm still eating on them. <laughs> hey man, hey, you know a burnt burger is still a burger. Yeah, yeah but you put t- plenty of cheese on something and yeah. you can get past the burger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. What about that's you? Right. Do you have a good one? Yeah, we uh, we went on a little camping trip up to the uh, White River. Oh yeah, and uh, enjoyed. I mean, really couldn't have been couldn't have been better weather. Yeah, uh, the entire weekend. We had a little float trip while we were while we were there, and yeah, just enjoyed ourselves. Was the water cold? Uh, that water is uh, around fifty degrees, mm-hmm. and you know, no humidity. Yeah, highs like maybe in the low eighties up there, and uh, it was ice. Yeah, the Mississippi <laughs> River was cold, <laughs> it was but it wasn't that cold. Ice. Yeah. You got in the Mississippi? Oh yeah. Really? You think I'm too good to jump in the Mississippi River? Yeah, I'd be honest. It feels like a risky move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've swam in reservoirs before. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you there know, you go. Mississippi um, River's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I'm a good crazy. swimmer, I've never too. done that. Are you? you really? may not look like it, but I, you know, pretty confident I, swimmer, I should say that. I, I need to I need to work on swimming. I've spent too much time just being lazy around the lake and like, yeah. I'll dog paddle over to the boat or whatever, kind of float on my back. Mm-hmm. I haven't just gone at swimming in a long time laps or whatever it's good for you it is that it is if i had a pool i would swim laps i'll run in the pool sometimes at the gym Mm -hmm. but uh anyway how about y'all what'd you do um my uh we had all the grandkids so Uh it was very hotel yeah it was very hotel pistol back there there you go very good and uh we uh my son-in-law cooked up a big spread so i got i got quite full what'd y'all have ribs brisket Mm. uh cheese dip with sausage and there you go uh stuffed peppers and yes uh, i mean that's the ticket quite the spread yeah so i got my fill we did uh we did cook a brisket (laughs) while we were while we were gone we uh we hauled out one of the drum smokers and cooked a brisket all day and it was Turned out pretty well. We made brisket tacos. Yeah. We've got a brisket in my freezer right now. I think I want to cook this weekend. Yeah. So uh, I've speaking of, I know we've talked about that before. I've got to go up to Michael's and pick up some beef ribs. You should. He's holding, holding on to him. You know what stuff. I have in my uh, freezer right now? I do so, not. Scallops. No. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do we not know that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I got home from, uh, I got home from. You said it very proudly, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. Well, I got home from our trip and, and uh, Star goes, look, go, go look in the freezer and I opened it up and there were scallops. Oh, no. I told her about scallops and she, yeah. she went out and got some. So. What's your best way? What, what's your favorite way to cook them? Uh, it's usually like uh, lemon butter and That's just what in I the skillet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. 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 All right, I'm hungry. Stuff. I'm hungry. A uh, couple of orders of business before we get into the yep. the rest of the show. Speaking of burgers, mm-hmm. um, we are going to record our first uh, deep dive. We are. deep dive. We talked about this last show, uh, but we are introducing a new sort of element of the AgCast. 
uh, called the deep dive that really in response to you guys the folks who listen to the show every week uh saying hey i love the news but i i wish sometimes we would go a little bit deeper yep and you did a story a couple weeks ago yeah that we thought might be a good opportunity for this. jake cartwright another co-worker of mine in our department a yeah fellow economist gave us a story on beef and cold storage and the numbers yeah. uh inventory numbers and how they're going down what that means uh like Jason was saying, I gave a little report on it, but uh-huh. in this deep dive, we're going to have Jake on to really take a deep dive yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, and give a little bit more information uh, just for those of you that, you know, this may affect. I mean, it's going to be affect all of us as consumer prices. So. Is he going to cover what beef, like cold storage is? Yes. Just as, yep. a, as a general yeah. item? We're, okay. we're going to start Good. at the ground level and work our way up. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, we'll, today's Thursday. We'll have that out uh probably over the weekend um and uh ready for you guys of course you can find it it'll still be on apple Podcasts or spotify Mm -hmm. um and things like that we'll have links on our social um so yeah just keep an eye out for that we're excited to have that and then we'll be working on another one very soon i think you guys are also working on a farm bill series yeah brandy and tyler have one coming out on uh or brandy put one put an ag advisor out for the farm bill kind of overview and then we've got some other things that within that that we're going to work on as well and put out. Awesome. So uh, I think Brandy would be a good one to have on a deep dive for sure and you know see yeah. where they go from there. We'll see if we can't work that out. Um, let me see. What else do we have here? Uh, we The annual Edible Gardens Conference is scheduled for uh, j- Thursday, June 15th. This came across um, my, my news feed yesterday, and I thought it would be a good one to share. Uh, so at the UAPB Agriculture Demonstration Outreach Center down in Mariana, mm-hmm. uh, this uh, again, it's the annual Edible Gardens Conference. It's going to take place again on June 15th. It'll run from 9.30 a.m. to 2 in the afternoon. Registration is free. You can register on site that morning. And this conference is aimed at local growers and residents, gardeners, SNAP recipients, anybody really interested in food safety and eating a healthy diet uh, using Arkansas grown foods. Uh, if you're interested in the in the conference, um, you can probably just you know do a quick Google search yep. or you can reach out to Caroline Powell at 870-489-5585. Or Karen Lee at 870-575-7225. Yep. That should be a good and, program. Uh, yeah. Specialty crop. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, note there, we're going to, gosh, we're going to cover specialty crops a few times today. Uh, and then quickly, too, um, just on this on this issue of food safety, uh, a note that, uh, speaking of Jake, that he, yep. he mentioned to us that I wanted to bring up really quickly. Um <clears throat> We had uh, a development, but I want to say before we talk about this, uh, no concern really uh, to us, but just something that we felt like we should mention since we were out last week, um, that there was, uh, USDA detected the first uh, case of mad cow in the U.S. since 2018, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, as far as our systems are for detecting that, they're so far advanced that we, they were able to, USDA was able to catch that bad cow disease before 
it became a real issue. Yeah. You know. Well, great. So yeah. um, there's no concern there, but we felt like that needed to be reported on since we weren't here last week. Yeah. Good. Good. Good deal. In uh, the last little bit of news, and we're not going to go into detail this of this at all, but if you haven't seen the news late last night or early this morning, uh, the U.S. House has passed a debt ceiling bill. Um, so I'm, the next step will be to move on to the Senate. I believe over the holiday weekend they had pushed that sort of uh, deadline for that to, from June 1st to June 5th. Yep. So it looks like um, we'll still be in time. Uh, to catch that, but um, yeah, that's even all over past the, the house last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all all of the Arkansas members of the house uh, passed or voted to support that. So I think that sort of wraps up the the first part of the show. You want to go to the news? Move on to the news. Okay. Well, Waters of the U.S. is back in the news. Imagine or not. Imagine Uh, that. Yeah. Who would have (laughs) thought? Yeah. Uh, So if you've been following us since January or since I started, I think I've almost reported monthly on an update with Lotus. For sure. Uh, And it's been kind of quiet, though, because all the pending rules or um, you know whatever they were going to come up with next was all set on what was going to happen in this Supreme Court ruling that came out Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you, like I said, if you've been following, you've already heard me put this out, but uh, just kind of to give a background on what WOTUS and what's been going on. Uh, these WOTUS rules that the Biden administration and EPA have been trying to push, they've basically been wanting to repeal what the last administration had in their waters of the U.S. Uh, and then re-establish uh, what was uh, back in 2015. Uh, and it can be considered a little more strict than they were mm-hmm. under the last administration. Okay. Uh, this change... Uh, the current change they're wanting to make would increase the amount of bodies of waters that could be regulated in the U.S., thus potentially impacting landowners on their abilities to manage their own land. <laughs> kind of taking your right away from choosing what you want to do with something on your own property. Right. So all this has been hanging on the Supreme Court's decision in Sackett versus EPA. It was another case I mentioned a few weeks ago or a few months ago. Uh, the Sackett family used, a, used filled dirt and rocks during construction of a new home on their property in Idaho. The EPA originally issued a compliance order to uh, order directing the Sacketts to halt construction, restore the land, and provide EPA with an ex- access to the site. Failure to comply with this order would ca- would have carried penalties of more than $40,000 per, $40, per day Goodness. of violation. Wow. Imagine that really add up. So according to the EPA, the land contained wetlands subject to regulation under the Clean Waters Act. And therefore, that use of fill was an unlawful discharge of pollutants into navigable waters of the United States without a permit. So they, the EPA is basically saying they didn't have the right permit to be able to move this dirt in this wetland area oh, okay. uh, to build their house. Yeah. The Sacketts responded, of course, by challenging the EPA's compliance order by arguing that it was a final agency action subject to judicial review under the Administrative Procedure Act and that it deprived them from the property without due process of law and violation of the Fifth Amendment. Needless to say, this became a long, drawn-out process through many courts until the Supreme Court granted Satori. Is is not pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, best I can. Yeah, there you Uh, go. In order to decide how to test for determining the scope of the Clean Waters Act jurisdiction with respect to wetlands, after conducting the Rapano's 
uh, pluralities, continuous surface connection test. A lot of big words here for me. Yeah. The majority concluded that wetlands separated from waterways by man-made structures, such as roads, would no longer be in ju- jurisdiction of uh, jurisdictable waters. Okay. So, so instead, not following with them. Yeah. Instead of stating that wetlands separate from navigable waters cannot be considered part of those waters, even they are close together. Even though they are close together. Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Kagan both drafted opinions stating that the Saggots did not require a permit, but both showed concern that this ruling would leave some long-regulated adjacent wetlands no longer covered by the Clean Water Act with significant repercussions of water quality and flood control throughout the U.S. Mm. On the other hand, Justice Thomas urged that the navigability uh, word be restored as the uh, touchstone of Clean Waters Act. Okay. So these two justices, uh, Kavanaugh and Kagan's, all agreed that that under this this test that they concluded that how the separation of the wetlands from navigable waters was made, that they didn't have to have a permit to do this this job on their property. Right. But they're also concerned that this new rule or ruling uh, could have negative repercussions on on water quality. Yeah. Unintended consequences. So, maybe. also, it's important to note the ruling that water separate the ruling that water separated by man-made structures are no longer under jurisdiction narrows the scope of the Clean Water Act's jurisdiction even more than the Trump administration's navigable waters protection rule. Huh. This rule included wetlands that directly abut to other regulated waters or are separated from jurisdictional jurisdictional waters only by natural berms, banks, dunes or permeable artificial barriers such as dikes, levees, or roads. So the more or less the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Sackets, mm-hmm. but they also at the same time ruled that uh, any wetland separated by a man-made structure from a navigable piece of water was not in jurisdiction of the EPA or this rule. Yeah. Also on top of that, that's even less water that the, the Trump administration had ruled on. Before. Yeah. So big change scales it back yeah Yeah, and this is going to lead to a lot of changes in the clean waters act as well as waters of the u.s yeah yeah sounds like it well uh i i think i had i actually had some conversation about this ruling in savannah and it sounds like this sort of ends the the legal road uh, for the foreseeable future for wotus so it may give some um clarity uh, and stability to farmers. I know that's what we talk about a lot is uh, the ever-changing rules to the game mm-hmm. make it hard for a farmer to uh, yeah. to, to keep up. And, yeah. you know, if you are wanting to do some work on your, your property or people are concerned about the water recovery systems or reservoirs or ditches on their property, are those going to be under jurisdiction? This rule says it's not. Right, right. So exactly. uh, that, that answers a big question. Yeah. Well, all important, uh, all important ruling there. Uh, good, good story to cover. And of course, if there are any updates there, we'll cover it. But maybe, of course, uh, you can take a little Wotus break. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> a lot all of right. Wotus for me. It's been uh, it's been two weeks since our last planning progress report. Do you think we've completed planning in Arkansas? Mm, almost. Oh, good. You've been keeping up. Yeah. Well, we are pretty close, but not yet finished. Believe it or not. Today is June 1st, and as of Tuesday this week, uh, these are the numbers. Uh, Corn planting is done. 
and just about on track with the five-year. 97% of the crop has emerged, which is actually ahead of the five-year. <clears throat> Looking at crop condition, nearly 70% of the crop is rated good to excellent uh, right now, and only 5% uh, of that is uh, in that poor to very poor category. So the corn crop's looking looking good. Saw some really tall corn over the weekend. Yeah, I bet you did. Mm-hmm. Um it's moving right along. All right, cotton planting is nearly complete at 94%. 75% of the crop has emerged, and both those indicators are well ahead of the five-year average. Uh, the crop looks to be in pretty good condition, too, with 75% good to excellent and less than 5% in poor condition. But mm-hmm. you saw some cotton, too, where you were? Uh, I don't remember seeing any cotton, but I did talk to some people about some cotton. Yeah? They had a lot left to plant to Shea County, Ashley County area. Really? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about that here in a minute, actually. Uh, peanuts are nearly done with 96% uh, planted. 70% has emerged as of earlier this week. A great start compared to years past. Uh, the crop looks to be in great shape, too, with more than 80% being rated good to excellent by farmers in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our favorite uh, crops to report on here here on the AdCast, uh, right, rice? Have a rice uh, day. Yeah, have a rice day. <laughs> uh, rice is 97% uh, planted. And 93% emerged. If it's uh, not in the ground by now, uh, it may not make it in, no. honestly. Uh, we've got about a quarter of the crop that's rated as fair. I'm not sure what could be causing that. I don't know if you've heard that. I, I haven't. I don't know if it's weather related. It's starting to get dry, but uh, nearly 70% of that rice crop here in the state, though, is doing well. Uh, soybeans are bringing up the rear here, but that's uh, to be expected. 89% planted, 81% emerged, and a staggering 3% of the crop is uh, blooming. Uh, the crop quality mimics that of rice, about a quarter in that fair condition category, uh, with another 70% uh, rated good to excellent and the first hay cutting of the year is moving right along about halfway done but there looks to be some quality issues with none of the alfalfa crop uh, rated excellent and only a percentage a small percentage of all other hay in the excellent column uh, brian and i were talking yesterday you were in mountain view earlier this week we came through there over the weekend yeah and man hay cutting everywhere really lots yeah. of hay lots of hay Bailed up on the ground, being cut. I mean, there's a lot of hay, uh, hay activity up there. Well, I've been seeing a lot of people watering soybeans, popping polypipe, and yeah. getting after it. So. Yeah, I think and it's corn the same time. way. But yeah, it's uh, it feels good to be this far in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I know that, and, and and speaking of all this crop quality, planting progress, all that, I know that here in Little Rock, today is the 12th, will be, I should say, mm-hmm. assuming we get through the end of the day with no rain, will be the 12th consecutive day without a recorded rainfall. Uh, where we were this weekend, as I said, pretty dusty, uh, starting to see uh, – I've started to see the first signs of rain dances yeah. <laughs> on yeah. Instagram. Um, it's uh, We're starting to get to that stress point. I yeah, believe. I pulled in my driveway the other day and looked at my grass. Like, oh, man, I'm going to have to start watering. I started watering when, when we went to Savannah Did you? that week. I started watering, uh, and we're starting to you know all the plants out on the deck and stuff like yeah. that. I've got some peppers and – we're trying to hit those hit those dudes pretty regularly. Okay. And we're back in the nineties. Yeah. This week too. So anyway. It's gonna start warming up. That that it is. That yeah. it is. Well, all right. Let's take a short break from the news to hear a reminder about keeping rural roads safe during planting season. Arkansas farmers and ranchers work seven days a week. 
That means when you hit the road, you may be sharing it with farm equipment, especially if you're traveling along rural roads and county highways. Farm equipment moves slower than our pickup trucks and minivans. They may not have the safety lights and turn signals of our family vehicles either. The trucks and tractors moving down the road need extra room to make turns, cross bridges, and move through intersections too. We all get in a hurry sometimes, but it's important that we all stay safe, no matter if we're headed to buy groceries or grow them. So next time you're cruising past a pasture or field, keep an eye out for farmers. They'll be sure to keep an eye out for you too. If we all work together, we can make sure Arkansas is cultivating safe roads. You know, it's so important that we work together to keep each other safe on the roads. You may find yourself on the road with a farmer moving hay this time of year, as we were just talking yep. about. And, of course, we're seeing all those row crop implements moving around, too. Let's be sure to help one another cultivate safe roads. Johnny Mac, let's get back to the news. Let's do it. So it's June 1st, right? Yeah, that is. So that means that we can start to expect Arkansas-grown tomatoes oh. coming out of the field. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we we're, we're – expecting some pretty good uh, quality tomatoes this year but farmers are also going through a bit of a challenge with compete competing uh growers across different our neighboring countries oh really as well as input crop costs okay so arkansas's largest and probably most popular specialty crop harvest could start as soon as this week many growers and packers in the state have high hopes for this year's tomato crop and have already noticed good quality through the month of may uh you may have even seen somebody start last week yeah so okay uh, it's going to start moving pretty fast. Arkansas's tomatoes are usually first, or usually the first field-grown vine-ripened tomatoes to be harvested in the nation. Really, and are always in high demand by consumers, not only in the state but also across the country. Oh, interesting! You know, we I did not know all, that. All across the country. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I pr- pulled this information off an article from the Packer. Okay. Uh, that they put out last week. The Packer interviewed Gary Margolis owner and president of the Hamburg, Arkansas-based Jim Tomato and Vegetable Sales uh, in pa- this past mid-May. Okay. Uh, the crops, uh, as Margolis says, the crops at this time look exceptionally good. Arkansas has a significant falling for vine-ripe tomatoes early in the summer. Mm-hmm. That correlates with, you know, Arkansas tomatoes coming off first compared to other states. Okay. The Packer also talked to Hermitage, Arkansas-based uh, Herod and Hensley Tomato Company in Bradley County, which is nationally known as prime tomato oh, yeah. growing country. Uh, Hensley expects volume to be consistent with last year's harvest, but both uh, he and Margolis admit that uh, marketing tomatoes could be increasingly challenging this year. Yeah. The increase in greenhouse tomato production in Canada and Mexico have put stress on Arkansas growers and packers alike. This type of production usually produces cheaper product at higher vo- volumes, uh, but some say it lacks the quality that field-grown tomatoes are grown uh, are known for. Okay. Uh, this has forced Jim Tomato to focus on marketing toward customers in the Midwest, who they say still recognize the value of field-grown Arkansas tomatoes who are, and uh, customers who are willing to pay a little bit more for that quality. Yeah. Um, I'll also quote Margolis here. here. Field-grown, in our view, is now the specialty. We're growing a limited production product in a limited window, and we still have customers who are totally committed. Uh, Hensley said that the inflation has also been a challenge for U.S. tomato growers. Prices probably have tripled on fertilizer, chemicals, fungicides, 
and the Arkansas hourly minimum wage has risen by three dollars in the last three years, according to him. Mm-hmm. If you pay a hundred people fourteen dollars an hour for eight hours a day, and you produce three thousand boxes of tomatoes, and you can only sell those boxes for thirteen dollars, he says, you won't make any money. Goodness, yeah. With that, I will say that um, you know, go out and support our local producers especially mm-hmm. our tomato producers yeah uh it's getting harder and harder for them every year especially with labor and input costs gr- growing and rising so much yeah uh, a lot of these producers are starting to have to scale back their production okay because uh, it's just gotten too expensive uh but like i said i'm excited because i'm ready for those tomatoes to hit my table i have questions yeah all right i hope you can answer so when do you think so obviously they the, the Packer talked to these guys in mid-May. When yeah. do you think those tomatoes will be on like, like available to us? Uh, we we well, already you, know it's farmers markets. Yeah, now. well, you got farmers markets and you got U picks. Uh-huh. You know, James Meeks down in uh, Triple M Farms down in Hamburg. He's he's got his own U pick. Uh, so as soon oh, as they're ready to you pick a tomato, mm-hmm. I didn't know there yep. were any. Of those, he's got yeah. squash, cucumbers, you know, you yeah. name it. Yeah, zucchini, tomatoes. Uh, man, it it really just depends on how fast they can get them out of the field and try to however far they're going. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Days, weeks, months. Okay, you know, and in, and a lot of these. In, the, in that area down there, a lot of those tomatoes are being grown commercially. So they're being sold, they're to, sold straight to, to buyers or brokers mm-hmm. and going mm-hmm. to grocery stores across the country. Yeah. So that that's going to be, of course, a longer, so longer span of time to get you, to your table. You talked about supporting local farmers. Let's say I'm, I'm, I'm in Little Rock. I'm not yeah. down in Bradley County. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to the, the farmer's market. How do I know that I'm seeing, I'm laying eyes on. Well, one thing the Arkansas Department of Agriculture has is Arkansas Grown Label. Okay. They have Arkansas Made Label. That yeah. label's free to anybody that's producing anything in the state. Okay. Uh, they don't have to pay for anything for it, but it's a great marketing tool for those growers to separate or differentiate themselves from their competitors or, you know, tomatoes being sold at Walmart. Yeah. Now, you will see roadside stands of people selling Arkansas Grown Tomatoes. That's, that's that what case is usually that they went and bought all the ones that were on sale at Walmart and loaded and up the back of the truck. Loaded up the back of the truck. And it's not just tomatoes. You'll see that with watermelons yeah. and others, too. Yeah. So be careful. Uh, but there, there are also other farms around here in central Arkansas uh-huh. that uh, grow local produce. Uh, Barn Hills one. Uh, Wye Mountain Berries is another. Uh, there's, there's several more that I'm just drawing a blank on now. Yeah, so yeah. Good Google search. It'll pop up and you know yeah you could really entertain a family saturday morning yeah either going to the farmer's market or going to an actual farm stand no doubt uh blt that's what i'm making are you that's if i've got a tomato one tomato sitting in well if you're gonna use arkansas tomato you gotta use petty jean bacon right yeah i think you do or blt oh yeah we talked about this the oh other yeah day, didn't yeah. we Big I, BLT it's fan. just coming back to me i yeah i i like tomatoes as well as uh, scallops. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll do you, pair. Do you like tomatoes with your scallops? Yeah. I don't know if they'll I, pair. I, I, I thought I had a challenge to work scallops into the conversation as many times as possible. You did. So. Scallop yeah, yeah, podcast. Do you like green tomatoes? I, I like fried green tomatoes. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. think I've ever had a green tomato that wasn't fried. That was a thing when I was True. looking at Savannah, like what food are they known for? Yeah. Fried green tomatoes. Kept, and they were on a lot of the menus, like fried chicken. Sure. But, you know, my thought was, I think that's for people who come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I, 
like we can go get fried green tomatoes here. Well, we can get yeah. great fried chicken here. I will say this: my, uh, I proposed my wife in Charleston, which is just what an hour and a half yeah, from Savannah. Right there, yeah. And we were there. They all asked us where we were from. We said Arkansas. They said, "Well, welcome to the South." <laughs> <laughs> everybody, hold everybody on. Everybody we talked to, really, everybody. So no. it's like, yeah, we got, we got, I don't know about We got that. grits over here too. You know, we, yeah, we got mosquitoes on. just like you do, you know? So I don't know. That was something I, I took got, away from that. Sorry. Dude. I didn't have beef with that. That yeah. is, uh, yeah, I think you're rubbing my wife wrong, you know, more than I did. Yeah. Me. I, yeah. I got tired of hearing it. She lives in, you know, she grew up in the Mississippi Delta yeah, right did. there, you know? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's Welcome very funny. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, I've got one more news story okay. real quick. Yeah. Um, and just to wrap up the news today, there seems to be something attacking Arkansas State Tree. Uh, we're not sure what exactly. Um, and I wanted to talk to Tyler Oxner, our, our forestry yeah. uh, economist, about this today. He, he's out of office, but we'll, we'll have a conversation and come back to this as this develops because I don't think we're, we've reached the bottom of this story yet. According to reporting from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Loblolly pine is being attacked and in some cases killed uh, here in Arkansas. The report notes that the threat is bearing down on Arkansas's timber industry. Uh, as large amounts of the tree had been planted across the state decades yeah. ago, you know, mm-hmm. as as that cycle goes. Uh, forestry experts in the state have some ideas about what could be causing the damage, but no hard proof as of now. Uh, symptoms of the issue appear to include browning and dropping of the pine needles. Similar indicators have been seen in pine, in pines in other states around the southeast. Uh, mm. I think Louisiana, Mississippi, yeah. Alabama. Uh, some as far back as 2017, according to uh, the newspaper's reporting. It's just picking up really heavy now? or Yeah, it seems yeah. like it's moving almost west. Uh, according to the Arkansas Department of Ag Division forester Chandler Barton, uh, the browning has spread across tens of thousands of acres of trees in the state, mostly loblolly pines. Uh, he notes that last year saw a loss of residential pine trees in the Delta region of the state, yeah. and now the browning has spread west into Ashley and Drew counties. Mm. Uh, there's been at least one listing session held in the southern part of the state, and last week the Ag Department released a survey for the public to report discoloration or death. Um, so trying to gather some data here. The survey can be completed at arcg.is forward slash 1HYHCU0. And because that's a complicated link, we will link that in the show notes. We'll also uh, continue watching the story as it develops, but not great news for uh, you know the, the, the ash beetle was a big issue. I mean, it still is, don't get me yeah. wrong. But man, for Loblolly, that our main economic yeah. driver for forestry in the state of Arkansas. That, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. It's needless it's to say, a, it's kind of a expert a analysis deal, there. But. Yeah. So I will tell you that the, we're, we're barely scratching the surface of the story that uh, Doom Gaz uh, did. Uh, they talked to Joe Fox, State Forester, mm-hmm. uh, and many others. So uh, if you're interested in this topic or if you're not already engaged in it, uh, you can certainly read that story and we'll keep an eye on it and hopefully have more. Yeah, hopefully they figure out what it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, that wraps up the news. Mr. Pistole, you got anything uh, fun for us? I do. I do. There's scallop jokes by chance. Yeah. I left scallops out of it, (laughs) but I did pull foods into it. Oh, good. um, I'm famished by now. I'll be impressed if you get these. Okay. So I'll just throw that out there. Okay. It's hard. It's a challenge. Complicated. He doesn't have confidence in us. That's the way I look at it. (laughs) 
Question number one. Okay. Where do kiwi fruits originally come from? Mm. I, I want to say Madagascar for some reason. Really? Okay. I was going to say Brazil. First thing off the top of the head. Would you believe China? China? No, I would not. No? I, I wouldn't have guessed that. Huh. So I like a good kiwi, though. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. I like kiwi on like a dessert pizza. You ever had that before? Mm-mm. Like a like whipped cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different fruits. Yes. Since the stand yes. out on that. Yeah. This makes me think of, my grandmother would make a peach pizza. And I'm not talking like the dessert pizza you get at Pizza Inn or whoever. This thing was yeah. a pie crust, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spread across a round pizza pan with whipped cream, yeah. peaches in the fridge, stored in the fridge, never saw an oven. Yep. Hmm. Except for maybe the crust, I guess. And that's what you made me just think of. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'd like to have one of those. I haven't had one of those in years. <laughs> Starving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry. I digress. Uh, all right. Number two. What was the first fruit that was eaten on the moon? It was dehydrated, I'm sure. Yeah, strawberry. The strawberry or an apple or banana? We could just go through all of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just got to name all the fruits. Just wait for you to say yes. Yeah. It was a peach. Peach. All right. Well, that was any be significance the there. Was the uh, astronaut from Georgia? Or I don't know. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, right. I I didn't make up these questions and uh, cannot <laughs> uh, verify peach. them or anything, especially yeah. not this next one. Okay. Uh, I do have questions about it, but uh, <laughs> okay, I've I've attempted to research it and it's all over the place. And so, okay. Well, here lately, your your questions have caused more questions. Yeah, I'm, that was the intent. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> now we know. So, okay, what was the ice cream cone invented for originally? Mm, the ice cream cone. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Other than walking around like a mobile way, was it was it used as a dessert still? No. Oh, was it not used to eat? No. So we're talking about the cone itself, not the finished product, ice cream on cone. We're talking about the cone. The original cone. A sandwich. Close, but no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Close. According to this, whoever whoever came up with this. Macaroni and cheese. We put French fries in it. <laughs> a tennis racket. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. No, it, apparently it was used to hold flowers. Ah. Oh, so like a biodegradable vase. Yeah, and if you got hungry, if it was, I mean, it could have been. You know, when it, when you think cone, you think like either waffle cone or some of the other cones right. we get today. It, it, it could have just been a cup, but yeah, yeah. Okay. The some of the stories I read, a guy was. Uh, courting a lady and he had ice cream and he also wanted her to have flowers. So he oh, okay. ice okay. cream and yeah. flowers. That's interesting. Well, so, a lot of a lot of our food delivery systems, yeah, like the burrito uh-huh. has history back to just necessity. Yeah. You know, mother yeah. or necessities the mother of all inventions where, you know, they need a way to basically take a 
a sandwich and take it out in the field to work or whatever that yeah. may be. Yeah, good uh, documentary to watch. My wife's been watching it, The Food That Made America. Mm-hmm. And why, like, American cheese is here, popsicles. Really? Ice cream trucks, stuff like that. Huh. Uh, saltine crackers. It's really, really? I mean, the, the reason these things came along were basically out of necessity. Yeah. Uh, uh, food waste or rot, you know, different yeah. depression. You know, just reusing or yeah. what. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's so, so many desserts that are basically history just channel like deal. flour, milk, and whatever. And because, you know, we wanted to have... Oh, you know, something sweet, but we just didn't have the money, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. Yep. That's Whatever happened to that one comment or the question you had for us, you couldn't eat, what, cherry pie on a Sunday walking down Main Street in <laughs> yeah. Ohio or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Ohio, yeah. 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 Did you yeah. ever? I didn't research uh, it. I need to. Um, we need to figure that out. Yeah, I yep. need to. We we should research some of these, or I guess you, you're you actually pointing the finger and saying you should research these yeah. questions that you're yeah. throwing at us <laughs> shouldn't he? so I, I have a question speaking of food i, I have a follow-up to the tomato question yep. that I, I can't get off my mind watermelon arkansas watermelon yep when uh july, july? yeah okay okay yeah. i thought it was a little you may see some towards the end of june but july yeah. is usually uh tomatoes will go into july a little bit but then you'll start seeing, you know, watermelon for sure. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I need to know. Cause man, I've, I've got that on my mind. We bought one for the weekend. Um, but it was, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. If you bought one now and it said it was from Arkansas, it's a lie. I did not. Yeah. No, yeah. it's just supermarket watermelon. So, all right. Well, that wraps up the, the news for this week and all the food talk you need. Uh, thanks for following along with the Arkansas AdCast. We're grateful for you taking the time to watch or listen. Remember, you can catch new episodes on the, on the show, of the show every Thursday afternoon. Find video episodes on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to the audio version on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure to subscribe and leave us a review when you have a few extra minutes. Yeah, the Arkansas AdCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm Jason Brown. And I'm John McMinn. And we'll see you next week.